Good morning. It is uh, Monday. Jace the Doctor back. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful weather. Uh, it's been, I mean, a little brisk here, but man, the sun's been out. Been able to get a little color. Like it's it's on its way. It's it's so like invigorating. I can't even tell you. Being in New York, you get so tired of the cold. You just can't wait. When you see things starting to bloom, you're like, oh, thank God. That warm weather's on its way. Uh, but I hope all you are well. It's a great, great day to be here, be alive. And uh, I have a little podcast for you today that is not, it's not meant to, um, it's not meant to be negative. It's not meant to put any parents down. Uh, it's not meant to scold anyone. It's meant for the education uh, because I'm going to bring up a topic here, which some of you may be part of, uh, in meaning that you're doing it. And again, I'm going to tell you why I bring it up and why I talk about it, but it's not to scold you. It's to have you understand why I think it's not the right thing to do. And, you know, look, I, I've said this before. I think parenting is a skill. It is not something everybody can do and it's not something I think everybody's innately born with it, but we suppress it in many ways because of environmental stuff. And not all of us are able to pull out that parenting um, skill when time comes. You have to almost learn it like you have no clue. Although I think most people, you know, get it after a bit. Some people just choose not to. But um, one of the things is I would have to stop this for one second, of course, because I have an issue. <laughs> my daughter's cleats are in my car. I'll be right back. All right. So part two, uh, you know, the fun of being a parent is you just never know what's going to be. I, the, the, <laughs> the backstory is, so luckily I wasn't very far. I had to go drop my youngest daughter's cleats off at the house because she has lacrosse practice later. And she is one of those kids who like can't wait to just get stuff off. Um, and on the way back from wherever we're going, she just has to, she just has to take stuff off. Sometimes you'd, I would find her back there. She'd have like nothing on but her coat and her coat, her legs would be in the sleeves of her coat and that would be it. Anyway, joys of parenthood wouldn't change it for a thing. So back to what I was talking about here. Um, um, let me just jump right into what I want to talk about. I, I've named this podcast Coke and Sour Patch Kids. So I was at a lacrosse our lacrosse game yesterday for one of my daughters. And, um, you know, it's 930 in the morning. It's brisk morning. It's nice out. We're just hanging out at the field. And, you know, the field's got a snack bar, of course. And, you know, that's always a, a fun venture because, you know, the snack bar has nothing good. But... I, I love to just people watch, mostly watch kids because it's always interesting to me when I watch them and behaviorally watch them and then see, you know, what they're eating. And there was a bunch of kids there. I mean, kids playing, but also siblings and, and such. And there were kids. Now, again, it's 930 in the morning. There were kids that were there and I saw them eating Sour Patch Kids, like a pack of Sour Patch Kids. Nobody thought anything of it, except for me, because inside I was, I was uh, twitching. You know, wanted to like run over there and grab the bag and just throw it as far as I could. But then a child comes back. Now I mean, like a five-year-old, maybe six, comes back from 
the snack bar, and again, remember, it's, this is, it's 9.30 in the morning, which is just, it just is, just makes it worse, but it's, it's, it's early morning Sunday. Comes back from the snack bar holding a Coke, and then I see him lift up his baseball cap, and he has a bag of Sour Patch Kids under the cap, and I'm, you know, and he walks over, and his parents, and you know, whatever, gives them change, and nobody thinks anything of it. Now, you may be one of those parents who's sitting there going, you know, guilty, like, we do that, and, you know, it's, we just don't do anything about it, or just let it go, because it's easier, but I sat there like, all right, what's wrong with this picture here? Like, I can't be the only one who sees that this is just, I mean, this is way, why our society is still headed in that bad direction. I mentioned the movie Wally all the time, because if you watch Wally, it's a cute movie about these two robots, but it's also foreshadow. It's foreshadowing into our future if we continue the way we're going. Um, the movie shows us as, I mean, we've moved off the planet because we've just shitted it up with garbage, but the people are now floating around in lounge chairs and they can't move. They are huge. Their bone structures are small from not moving and they rely on robots to help them basically function. Um, our society is continuing to go down that path. Um, it was, it was fairly obvious. I thought during COVID that if you had been, if you were in that group of people who had neglected themselves, that this was now your, um, reckoning ominous, almost like it was like, you, you didn't take care of yourselves. This virus came in that affected mostly people who didn't take care of themselves. But if you made it through and you didn't change, I don't know. Anyway, so going back to this, so, you know, there's kids, now not, this isn't the only kid that I'm, you know, sitting there watching. There's other kids that I see that they're eating Fritos and Sour Patch Kids, whatever. But I'm watching behaviorally, I'm watching kids. So, you know, my kids are there. I always bring snacks for them so they have stuff and you know I'm crazy so I bring good stuff but it's clean and organic and there's other kids there that you know are not eating anything because god forbid you know you have to can't feed your kid for an hour when you're out on the field but I'm watching the kids that were eating the sour patch kids exclusively right and there was maybe it was probably about four probably four of them and when I tell you that these kids were bonkers like the old school candy bonkers, cocoa for cocoa puffs, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. I mean, these kids couldn't stay still. Like, like in circles, like they were like, it was like somebody had wound them up so tight and you couldn't do anything until that thing wore off. I mean, they were, I mean, bonkers. This one little boy, I couldn't, I mean, this kid, I was just waiting for him to just pass out. He, they, somebody had brought a uh, yellow lab puppy there, calm, beautiful, just yellow lab, just hanging out there. This little boy was in that dog's face, barking and growling at him. And it, I mean, the dog was so much <laughs> better behaved than the little boy. And I, I just sat like I was like, how does nobody see this? Or is it nobody saying anything? You know, like I had to, which I mentioned before, I, I had to be that parent who, you know, put in in the chat with the coaches for these lacrosse games after somebody brought cupcakes for the team at 7:30 at night one night for a child's birthday i had to put in there that like you know look this is not fair 
to other parents. It's not fair to those parents who don't abide by these rules that your kids can eat anything they want whenever. And I understand it's a birthday celebration. Why we have to celebrate with food for birthdays beyond me. Why common sense doesn't say 730 at night during the week or whatever to give cupcakes to children is okay. I don't know. I understand you want to celebrate. It was already past her birthday. They were like, well, we were going to bring it on Sunday afternoon, but the game was canceled. Okay, it's already passed. You don't have to bring it, and you don't have to bring it for the entire team, especially for those parents who are now in a bad place, bad, you know, like saying, I don't want you to eat this, but I don't want you to feel like an outcast either. Um, that's a whole other story. This, you know, I mean, you're giving your kids, your kids, something bad, and it's not for everybody, which I guess is the positive in, in all this. But again, to me, innately, your common sense should kick in and say, this is not good for them, short or long term. I mean, I, I always tend to extrapolate and think, what does this mean for the long term? What does this mean for this child as they get older? Because this isn't an isolated event. This is how they're eating. And this is just how they're eating. And and why we don't think that this is not okay is it boggles my mind sometimes. And I'm sorry if you're one of those parents. I, I really am because I, I don't think you're doing it in in a way that's it, it's knowingly harmful. Like I don't think you're saying, oh, good, they're eating Sour Patch Kids and drinking Coke. Then it's going to harm them. I think there's this lack of it's a lot of a lot of us live in the day to day and we say, well, if it's nothing, you know, if it doesn't affect them today, it doesn't affect them right now. Eh, you know, they're kids. Let them have candy. Let them, and maybe you grew up that way, too. Um, but you have to really take a macro look at stuff. You know, there's a reason why our kids are going through puberty so much earlier. Now, it's not because of coke necessarily or sour patch kids but it is because of our food supply it's because of chemicals that are put into foods that are hormone disruptors it's because of the antibiotics and the hormones pumped into our meats that our kids are eating that is causing it you have to take a bigger look now some of you of course are also going to say well you know i don't want to fight with my kids it makes them happy you know, they're, you know, whatever. That's a parenting thing that you have to kind of overcome and you have to, you know, decide what's more important, who's setting the tone here. Now, if you're eating, you know, uh, Sour Patch Kids and drinking Coke alongside them, it's a whole other issue. This is a family issue, right? Because it's very common and I see this a lot too, where there's you know, parents, um, and I, I don't want to isolate the moms, but I do see the moms. The moms look like they're in good shape. The moms are obviously, you know, they're exercising, whatever. And they're the kids. Their kids are the ones that are eating the crap. And, you know, you can't be, you know, eating an organic breast, uh, a grilled chicken breast with salad and then going through the drive through for your kids. Like, I understand it's easier, but that's not how it works. If you care about their future... If you care about how they're going to be as they get older, you know, if you care about the things that you can't see, like what's the effects it's having on them that I don't see, that's a very hard thing to, to process, number one, but also to keep on the forefront of your mind. With food, a lot of times, it's not what you can see on the outside. It's what you can't. 
It's what you can't touch, taste, smell. You know, a lot of the stuff that's in there, a lot of the chemicals, you have no clue they're in there. And they're not necessarily listed either. But you got to be conscious of this. You have to sit sometimes and say, is it worth me fighting for them to tell them now, for now on, we're not having Sour Patch Kids? You know, like once in a blue moon on a Halloween or something that they have something like this. Or you know they're going to have it occasionally. You know they're going to have it at a birthday party, whatever. And again, that's that 80-20 rule I talk about. Is it worth the fight for them now to change behaviors and say, we're no longer going to be having this. This isn't what I want for you. This isn't what I want for your body. And this isn't how I want you to grow up as an adult. I don't want you to grow up with disease. I don't want you to grow up in pain. I don't want you to grow up with a weaker body because I let you have things like Sour Patch Kids and Skittles and Coke when you were younger just because it appeased you. It boggles my mind as well that I think that you know, the parents don't recognize the behavior. You know, one of the, one of the mis, most misunderstood ingredients and so, so underrated for children that has caused a tremendous amount of emotional issue and depression and has caused kids to go on medication so unnecessarily um, for ADHD and ADD is dye. We have allowed in our food system a synthetic dye that is a derivative of petroleum and coal tar. It has never been meant, never meant to be ingested. And now there are very, very good studies, and this is why other countries ban them. There are very good studies out there that link synthetic dyes and ADHD, amongst other things, all the way through to carcinogens and cancer. But it was never meant to be digested. It's like saying, go ahead and eat a piece of the driveway or take a taste of the gas I'm putting in the car. That's, it's literally like that. But, you know, again, because there's not necessarily an immediate correlation, (coughs) excuse me, there's not necessarily this you took it in and this happened. Or you can't say definitively or you can't recognize definitively that this caused this. Although we've, again, there's some really, really strong studies out there that show the latter. We allow it. We allow it. They consider it generally accepted as safe. Now, the list has gone down quite a bit from, I believe, over 100 down to around five. But five is too many. It is messed with our children. And so many people don't know that correlation. So these kids end up going on medication. They end up becoming zombified. They end up becoming depressed. They don't sleep. And it becomes a whole big, big, bigger issue that it didn't need to be. Parents, again, I'm not here to scold anybody. I'm not here to put anybody down. I'm just here to educate you so you can make better decisions. To me, this stuff has become so blatantly obvious because I've worked with kids for so long. You know, back in practice, when I used to do a lot of nutritional counseling for parents, I could take apart a kid's diet 
and say, look, this, 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 and this is probably what's causing the issue and needs to change. And a lot of times it was removing things from their diets that were irritants that were causing them things like ADD or allergies or asthma or inability to function, focus, inability to adapt to their environment. I mean, how many kids are not able to, you know, be in a social setting without being wrapped around somebody's leg or crying or like kids are very different and they take cues from lots of different things. But if you can eliminate some of the obvious stuff, you'd be amazed how much of this goes away. You know, we have to really take the time as it, when you decide to become a parent, it's a huge responsibility. It's massive. You're responsible for another human being's life. You're responsible for their outcome. You set that tone. There's a blueprint that child is given with switches. And you decide which switches go on and which go off. And that blueprint you've been given is perfect. You can switch every switch on perfectly by doing the right things. But you can also do the opposite. So you must, must, must take responsibility, not appease them because it makes them happy and it makes the stress go away temporarily. There are things in our food supply that have no intrinsic value. In fact, the only value they hold is negative. Why we allow them? It's, you know, it, it, it's part of the being free, I guess. And it's part of money and power that allows these things to be in our environment. So you have to be diligent. Now, the shortcut is go organic as much as possible. We have rules in play, thank God, that say when a product is organic, it takes out a lot, right? That's number one. Number two is, although that is correct, remember, you can still have an organic product that has tons of sugar. That's still not good. You can eat organic sugar all day long and still get diabetes. The organic is weeding out most of the, most if not all, of the bad chemicals. It's weeding out the stuff you can't see, the stuff you can't taste. It's weeding out stuff that's blatantly on labels of non-organic. So you can go that route and it's so helpful if you don't want to take a deep dive into what's in your kid's food. And again, there's stuff that's so obvious that you can do, like stop eating out so much. Don't go through drive throughs Don't go to fast food. There's no reason. Never. I have, uh, I'm going to tell you this story. And I, again, this is a, no, one of these things that keeps me up at night. You know, but, and you got to remember too, like I, of course I'm in it. You know, I'm deep in it, like deep. Like I'm looking from a deep from the outside. And it's so upsetting because I see what it's doing to these, this generation of kids. But, uh, you know, I work in a, uh, I've worked in an office where there was a couple that were both, both massage therapists. Um, both 
overweight. In fact, the, the girl was, was grossly overweight. Um, and both of them called out quite a bit, not feeling well. Every day I was there, they would order food. And it would come from lots of different places. And besides, obviously, the monetary effect, and I was like, my gosh, I'm like, you guys are together, single, no kids. Why are you not shopping and making your own food, number one? I mean, that's, again, that's me. But number two was the food that was coming in from Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's for them for the day to these two grossly obese people, one worse than the other. And these are, you know, these are people in their 20s. So, you know, to think, I mean, obviously, mentally, there's a block here somewhere where they're not getting at something. But again, this comes from childhood. You know, this now it doesn't mean that they were fed that way necessarily. You know, this could be from stress and it could be from trauma. It could be from lots of stuff why people eat this way. But I'll tell you that a lot of it can come from child. If you are raised this way, if you're raised to eat a certain way or given certain things. I mean, it is my guess, most likely, because that's how it is, is that this is how their family ate normally for both of them. Um, you know, it's just, it's so upsetting. It really, really is. And then when I see young kids, like three and four and five eating this way, it's just, it's so preventable. Like it just is. And you have to stop and think like, is it worth it? You know, I've been given this gift of this healthy, beautiful child. Is it worth me doing this? There are things that are going to be out of your control. I've said that. You know, again, again, from somebody who's done this, who had a child, ended up with a brain tumor, who thought I did all the right things. There are going to be things that are out of your control. But the more you control the other stuff, the better. We've all been given a certain a certain DNA profile. Some of us better, some of us worse. Some of us are more prone for those switches to be, to go on that are, that cause disease and cause other things. Some of us are not. You can't change that. But there are many things within our control that you can, and you have to, you just have to, it's not worth it. And again, your kids, if you're used to being this way, your kids are not going to like it. They're not going to like change. If you suddenly say, look, I don't like the way we're eating. I don't like the food that we're getting. And, and we need to change. This isn't good for you. It's not good for us as a family. It needs to change. They're not going to like it. But you're not there to be their friend. You're there to be their parents. You're there to nurture them and give them the best. And they'll get over it. And for a child who's... You know, for a child who's been eating this way, let's say for a while, the younger they are, the easier it is to stop. If they've been like this for a little bit, it's not so easy to go cold turkey on them. You may have to slowly start to introduce or give alternatives and weed things out. I mean, that's okay. You know, better better not to cause an immense stress on their system that's going to cause more damage. But it's a puzzle and you got to put it together the right way.
I, I hope this was helpful. I feel like, you know, I went off on a lot of different avenues here, but the, the main point is this. Your, your job is to do the best you can by your children, not to appease them. They're not going to be happy every time. You're going to do things that are not going to make them happy, and they may really not be happy, and they may do things in places that you may not, that, you, that may embarrass you, and you may get upset about, but, you know, it's not your place to be their friend. You're their parents. I've had, <laughs> I'm so not perfect. I, I can, thinking about it now, it's funny how these things are deep in your brain. I remember an instance when my younger son, I mean, he pitched a fit in a store one time about something. I don't even remember what it was. He was on the floor like, like, like a crazed person, crazed animal. And I really don't remember what he pitched a fit about, but I was like, if you're going to behave that way, you can stay here. Like, you're not coming home with me. We don't behave this way. And it was probably over something stupid, I'm sure. And, you know, he made the choice like, nope, not going to do it. I'm going to get up and go with my parent because I don't want to be left at the department store. It's not easy. It's so not easy. I didn't want to do that. Believe me. Especially in a midst of a bunch of other people and some other people saying, is everything okay? I didn't want to do that. But that's my, my job. My job is to be the best parent for them as possible. And these decisions are not always easy. When it comes to food, that to me is an easy decision. Just choose better. That's it. And choose it for yourself. If you're being a role model already, by cho- I mean, that's easy. Just feed them what you're feeding them. I'm sure in their brain they're wondering, why is mom and dad eating so well and I'm eating this other stuff? I mean, they're probably like, this is great. I don't want to eat that stuff. But... I'm sure there's a little confusion when it comes to that. If you're all eating that way, then it's a family issue. I had a family one time in practice, I remember, that was were all overweight, the whole family. And they all wanted to do something about it. But, you know, the mentality, again, was like it was Christmas time, and the mom was telling me she was in all this pain and had all this stuff, and I kept telling her, you, you have to lose weight. Like, that's what's going to help you. And then she told me, like, oh, you know, there's – so many Christmas cookies and everything else around. She's like, when those are all gone, I'll do it. That mentality is the problem. So please take the time today when you're listening to this or after you've listened to this. Take the time today to take inventory. Take inventory into what you're doing. And see how to change. Write it down. Like, what are the things I know my kids are eating that I don't want them to eat? They're not getting it unless I buy it. And things I want to change. And how do I do that? What do I start to do? What do I start to eliminate? What do I start to maybe give alternatives to? And weed things out little by little. Or are they little and I just change? You know, like, oh, my kid's not eating what's on the table and I don't want them to be hungry. Guess what? When they get hungry enough, they'll eat. They'll pitch a shit fit, I, I assure you. And not want what you give them. But they'll get a point when they're starving. And they may even they may even guilt you so bad. Like guilt you. Oh, I'm starving. I'm so hungry. Please. They'll eat it when they're hungry. You're not they're not gonna starve. My dog does the same thing. I give him stuff sometimes and he doesn't want it. 
he wants treats. If I don't give him treats, eventually he's hungry enough to eat it and he eats his food. Not to compare your kids to dogs, but I'm just saying. Anyway, just think about it and make the change. It's it's so worth it. It's so worth sometimes the heartache and sometimes the pain of going through that emotional drama that kids want to put you through. It's worth it. They're your kids. You want them to be good and outstanding and phenomenal. You want them to grow that way. So you're going to have to take the stand and do it. Yet again, the joys of podcasting in the car. Phone calls knock the podcast out. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. Just just take inventory, take a look, and change what you need to change. It's worth it for your kids. Believe me, it is. I'm going to sign out here. I hope you guys have a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal day, week, month, year. Chase the doctor. I'm out.